you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. What did we learn last Sunday? Any highlights? Anything you remember? Yes? Anything you remember? Anybody? There's a lady at the temple who put two coins. Okay. What else? Thank you. We've only been six days away from the last Sunday service. Come on, what else did we learn? Sorry? You need to have the right heart. We need to have the right heart. We ended the last Sunday's conversation by saying that our giving has to be worship. If our giving is not worship, then our giving is not really giving. You understand what I'm saying? Our giving has to become worship. You know, in this first two Sundays of this series, I want to teach you what not to do before I teach you what to do because the abuse and the manipulation on this topic is so much that it is necessary for us to lay down the ground rules before we go into study what is it that God wants us to give how is it that God wants us to give how much is it that God wants us to give amen so exclusively only open for this series is the fact that you know you can ask questions if you have a question you don't have to wait till the end of the sermon or to the end of the series or till the Sunday service gets over you can just put your hands up and I'll, I'll definitely love to answer your question because some of your question may not just be exclusive to you there'll be at least 10 other people who don't have the courage to ask that question they may be intimidated because of everybody in the church so you go ahead and ask that question and it's okay even if I don't have the answers we can have a conversation about it we can have a discussion about it is that okay yes no maybe maybe not Yes, I'll, I'll rewind a couple of scriptures from last Sunday that we studied. Uh, the first scripture was about God loving a cheerful giver. Everybody say cheerful giver. This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Paul said, God enjoys it when you give it with joy, not with reluctance, not under pressure. Your giving, if it has to bless people, if it has to bless God, if it has to create joy in the heart of God, then your giving has to be with joy. That is why we encourage you to not come in the front like you're coming to visit a corpse on a, during a funeral when we put offering, that you come rejoicing. Yeah? Sometimes the way you walk to the front, it's, it's, it looks like you know, you're, you're saying the last goodbye to that 10 rupee note and you won't be able to see this note ever again in your life. So, so you, you know, you walk like you're walking in a funeral. But don't do that when we do offering. Amen? Come on. What does the Bible say? Read it out with me. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And then we read in Matthew chapter 6 and 21, uh, wherever the wherever your treasure is there the come on loudly there the desires of your heart will also be so we also learned that giving is a, a a method or a way of realigning my desires we all struggle with temptations and wrong desires right Anybody who doesn't have wrong desires, all of us have wrong desires. All of us have desires that are contrary to God. But why do we give to God? So that the desires of our heart can be realigned. The desires of our heart can be fixed and focused on God. Amen? The third thing that we emphasized on, and this will become the foundational principle of this entire series. Can we read it together? You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. What did he say? It is more blessed to give than to 
receive now this is not recorded in any of the gospels but this is recorded in the book of acts in acts 20:35 by apostle paul who who recollected it being said by another disciple and he's saying remember what jesus said what did jesus say that it is more of a blessing for us to give than for us to receive so this season i pray and i believe that we will be saturated with testimonies of of giving we've always had testimonies of receiving god bless me i got a promotion i you know i got a new car i got a new wife i got a new oh, all of that is fine <laughs> new wife I'm, i'm sorry for the terminology but we 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 have we we have testimonies of what we have received but this season can we have testimonies of what we have given away now let me tell you when you give away things things will keep coming back to you don't give away your wife uh, that's not forgiving <laughs> but but when you keep giving what god has given you it will come back to you it will come back to you it will come back to you you know the story of abraham god asked him can you give me your son did he get the son back yes. absolutely with the son he got an entire nation back in that son was hidden the seeds to birth an entire nation nations in fact right but it's necessary for us to celebrate our giving more than we celebrate our receiving why because the bible says come on read it it's on the screen this you don't have to guess come on loudly one two three go it is more blessed to give than to come on loudly one two three go it is more blessed to give than to once again it is more blessed to give than to receive this is acts chapter 20 and verse 35 don't rem, don't forget this verse and remember it along with the reference so you can always go back to reminding yourself when you're going through a season where uh, you're not able to give so this morning i'm going to go to five particular stories in the bible and we're going to again study the wrong kind of giving is that okay and like i told you any point you have a doubt feel free to put your hands up and we will discuss it okay we will we will have a conversation about it let's jump to the book of jude chapter 1 and verse 11 what did the bible say like balam they deceive people for money how many of you know the story of balam hence in the air so i know if i have to tell you the whole story or not okay yes only a few people know the story so i'll tell you the story okay this is in the book of numbers give me the next verse numbers chapter 22 the bible talks about how this king called balak um he saw he opened his eyes one day and he saw the israelites returning from egypt you know natasha preached about this verse when she was sharing on the saturday night how he opened his eyes and he said man these guys are going to come and destroy us the way that the odds finishes of the grass on the uh, on uh, the pastures and the grass that's how these guys are going to just finish us off this guy was in fear this guy is like man we have to find a way out we cannot beat israel with our battle power we cannot beat israel with our uh, you know money we cannot beat israel with our uh, wisdom the only thing that we can beat israel with is if we have a word from god yeah so balak was in wise king he said there's no point in getting into battle with this guys i'm going to lose i know i'm going to lose but if i have a word from god then i can fight these guys then i can go against these guys and so who did he send for he sent for balam the bible says balak's messengers who were actually elders of moab and midian they set out with they set out with money to come on loudly to pay balam a, uh, to to place a curse upon israel now this was very normal whenever they go to a prophet 
they never go empty handed back in that day and even our, in our days okay we never go to a prophet come on speak to me empty handed you always carry a seed a, a, a blessing something that you would give but in their case it was a, it was not a seed it was a price that they were giving for the word from god he, he, it says that they wanted to pay a price uh, they wanted to put a payment for balaam's word over israel and they said hey we are going to ask balaam to speak this word and in return what will we give him we'll give him a lord of money and they went to balaam and they delivered balak's message to him the next verse it says when balaam saw the money okay see he knew that israel cannot be defeated but when balaam saw the money he said okay this uh, you know is very tempting why don't you stay here tonight you know why don't you be here for the night in the morning i will tell you whatever the lord directs me to say so the officials from moab stayed there with balaam and guess what happened in the morning he came back and said guys i'm so sorry the lord has said no i cannot curse israel right so these messengers they went back the next verse in verse 15 the bible says balak sent uh, this time balak tried again this time he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time earlier he sent his chief ministers now he is sending his cabinet ministers and his his prime minister and his president he he is sending his main officials right the more more distinguished officials the ones that will uh, you know represent the nation he sent them to the prophet and he saying prophet what did he say where says they came to balaam and delivered this message to him this is what balak son of zippor says please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me that's worse i will pay you very well everybody say very well. very well and do whatever you tell me just come and curse these people for me what is he saying he's desperate he's like i know my life depends on your word if you will speak one word i can be alive my life does not depend on my money that's why he is willing to give away everything right sometimes we also get desperate when let's say if you have a sickness or if you have a uh, a challenging situation in your home where you know you don't see any way out but for some man of god to speak one word over your life then what do you try to do you try to buy that word from that man of god and you're like i'm i'm going to pour money on this guy or i'm going to pour you know all my resources all my influence on this guy just to buy that one word from this guy see if balak was humble enough he could have definitely gone and said hey i i i'm i will i sow into you definitely but i want a way out of this can you pray to god and find out how can i stay alive how can me and my people stay alive if they would have gone for a word like that you know several times in the old testament you would see this in elisha's case okay the king of syria was sending soldiers okay to elisha and at the end of the day elisha made sure that there is peace between israel and syria that the battle doesn't have to happen because this men from syria they did not come to fight you know first two batches they died the second the third batch he said you know just have mercy on us just you know just don't let us die this time you know and 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 because he said that the bible says that this batch of of uh, people that came from syria they received mercy from elisha and the prophet brought peace between israel and syria which were actually enemy countries at that time so in other words balak the man of god could have brought peace between israel and median and moab you understand right because see there is a lot of relationship here you know that moses's wife is from median 
Moses served and saved and lived in Midian for about 40 years. I mean, there was by all means, there was a lot of scope for these guys to work hand in hand. If Balak, instead of trying to buy this blessing, if he would have just humbled himself and said, you know what, man of God, we are about to die. You know, and there's no way out. I know that God is my only source. Instead of saying God is my only source, he put his trust in his money. He thought he can buy a word from God with his money. Now in the next weeks, okay, in the future, I'm going to talk to you about sowing into a word that you receive from God. I'm going to talk to you about that. But before I go there, I have to teach you that you cannot do the reverse. You cannot sow so that you can buy a word from God. You can sow in faith, but you cannot sow with your trust on your money. That is what is wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Because everything that we are going to talk about today, there is a right way of doing it. We'll learn about that at a later time. But the wrong way of doing it is this. He said, I will pay you anything and I will give you anything. I will build you a house or whatever. And, and Balak, Balaam replies something. Uh, let's read this. He says, even if Balak were to give me his palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. He's like, bro, you think that it's in my hands? It's not in my hands. I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a prophet. I just have to speak the word. I don't have the power to bless you. The, the power is not in my word. The power is in the fact that I heard it from God. I can stand up here and say, you are blessed. You are blessed a hundred times and you will not be blessed. But when I hear something from the Lord and I declare it over your life, that has power. And he's like, I am powerless to speak something against the will of the Lord my God. Right? And this was the mistake of Balaam. He said in the next verse, it says, he says, but, everybody say, but. Whenever as a man of God, as a woman of God, if you have a lot of buts in your life, if you keep saying, I love God, but. I want to serve the church, but. I want to give to God, but. I, I want to go as a missionary, but. Whenever we place conditions before God, we always are setting ourselves up for failure. And that was Balaam's problem. It should have been a full stop after the last verse. It should have been him saying, money cannot buy me. This is not for sale. Full stop. But he added a but with it. And he said, but stay here one more night and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. Now, now let me ask you this. Do you know the, how the story went down? The next morning, God told him to go. But was it God's will for him to go? Come on. Was it God's will for him to go? It was not God's will for him to go. So, you say, oh, then, but I, Pastor, I, first time God spoke to me saying, it's not God's will for me to do this. But then again and again and again and again and again, I prayed and finally God said yes. You think it is really God's will for you to do it? Come on. Yeah, sometimes like a father, he would say, okay, fine, go and do as you wish, whatever you want. That is why we have to be very particular about what are the things that we push for. Jesus, you know, in this most intimate movement of uh, uh, brokenness in his relationship with the father, what did he say? Lord, this is... The one most important thing in my life, I don't want to break my communion with you. This is a cup of suffering I can't bear, but yet not my will, let yours be done. That is, that is a, you know, a learning that we can learn about our prayer lives. If you insist on something again and again and again and again, God in his mercy over your life, he may permit it, but it may not necessarily be good for you. See, Balaam had not seen the money yet, right? But when he went there to Balak's house, he actually saw the money in front of him. 
Some of us can resist money as long as we don't see the money in our hands. Some of us can do the right thing as long as, you know, the girl is not standing right in front of you. You know, you can say the right things, you can behave, everything. But when you're in front of that person is when you lose control. You're in front of that temptation is when you lose your focus. What was right for Balaam? To not go into the enemy's den and be tempted by the money, which was actually his weakness. He should have said, man, I'm going to come with you guys. I'm going to see a lot of gold. I'm going to see a lot of this thing. And I don't want to uh, tempt myself by being in this place. And he should have avoided it. But finally, he kept persisting and going back to God. Whole night, <laughs> whole night prayer. That's what he's doing. First time also an entire night. He said, stay here. I will pray for an entire night hoping. Because he knows his life is settled. You know, if a king favors him, man, he can live without giving another prophecy for the rest of his life. Right? And, and finally he went there and he, he did a sacrifice and everything and he, he stood up to prophesy and instead of prophesying a curse, he prophesied a blessing over Israel. He did the opposite thing. But there is something that he did. He said, you know what? I know that I cannot bless these guys. I know that I cannot curse these guys. I can only bless these guys. But I'll tell you a secret. There is something that you can do to make sure these guys lose favor with God. See, Balaam loved his money so much that he is like, man, I, if I can't curse these people, I'll find another way to get these people to turn against God so that God will, you know, start punishing them and they will lose in the battle. And that's exactly what happened. Balaam told Balak, hey, you know, I know what is the weakness that Israelites have. They really like the girls in the Middle Eastern region, you know. You send your girls to their camp and you wait and watch what happens. And that's exactly what happened. God had told them you cannot take wives from people that are not part of the Israelite nation. And, and these guys started getting married. They started fornicating. They started getting into adulterous relationship with the, with the woman of Moab and Midian. And ultimately what happened? God started judging them. And that's how the Midianites and the Moabites had an upper hand over them. You know, even till the days of Gideon, the Midianites had not gotten out. You know, much, much later, Moab was still around. They could have been smashed out like how orcs would eat out grass. That's, that's, that's God's plan for Israel. But because Israel gave in to the temptations. Now, now the person responsible for all of this is Balaam. He knew that he cannot curse these people. So what did he do? He began to tempt these people. Now, all of this, why did he do that? Come on. For money. And, and that is the kind of giving which is wrong for us. When we give to God, we cannot give to God so that we can get our things done. So that we can push our agenda against God's agenda. We cannot give so that we can, we can get what we really, 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 really want. No. You give because you love God. You give because that is your principle. I love to express my joy by giving. I, I, I want to realign the desires of my heart to the things of God. That is what I give. I know that it is more blessed for me to give than to receive. And that is why I give. Not just to, you know, Lord, please heal me. I'll give whatever money I have to give. No, not like that. That's not how we give. Amen. There's somebody else in the Bible who got tempted for money tempted because of money you know the story in judges chapter 16 anybody can guess who is the character here samson and delilah yeah I, how many of you read my post on facebook this morning anybody you read okay good that a few of you have read good for the rest of you who fast from facebook on sunday morning no problem with that but go back and read it that's a prophetic word just, you know, pick up my Facebook page and I have put a post there on Samson this morning. Don't miss that post. The next verse, it says, well, the same, give me the next slide. The same verse, he says, the Philistine rulers came to Delilah and said, entice 
Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how he can be overpowered and tied up securely. Man, this guy was so strong and so powerful that they're like, man, we cannot, we, we, an entire army is not enough. The only thing that can break him if, is, is if he falls to temptation. And that's what Balaam did too. You remember that, right? And, and they said, the only way Delilah will agree to this is if we give her money. Right? And the Bible says, then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. How many pieces of silver did they sell Jesus for? 30? See, over time, it, there should be appreciation, you know? Like, I mean, like, uh, like a man's value should be increasing over time, no? Not decreasing, right? So back in the day, when the value was not much, how much did they agree to pay him? Come on, loudly. No. They said, each of us will give you 1,100. Let's say, let's say minimum there were three or four. So minimum this girl is going to earn about 5,000 pieces of silver. She can live happily for herself and for her generations. You know, with just selling Samson. What kind of giving is that? And, and, and I'm telling you, so often we give and we sometimes even receive to buy people's affection, to buy people's loyalty, to buy people's, uh, uh, you know, skill sets. That's the wrong kind of giving. And we, we do that so that things that we cannot achieve with our normal strength, things that we can't fight and beat with our normal ability, we can fight and beat with our money. And sometimes we think that because we have money, we are invincible. I can, uh, this guy, I know how to take him down. I'll, I'll, I'll give money to his girl or I will buy her a gift. You know, we don't necessarily give, deal in money, but we deal in gifts, right? We always, we know how to entice people with money. In the Bible says that's the wrong kind of giving. That's not the kind of giving that glorifies God or blesses people. Because there is always an expectation that when I do this for you, you should do this back for me am i right there's always all this story you would find an expectation balak wouldn't say man of god i love you it doesn't matter if you bless or curse or you know you come with me or not i will just give you whatever you want because you've been a prophet to my house in my nation i will give you whatever it doesn't matter that's not why balak is giving the day balam misses his prophecy Balak is going to hang this guy upside down and kill him. He has an expectation that, hey, unless you... The same thing goes with Delilah. If Delilah doesn't deliver Samson, not only is she not getting the money, she's going to get killed for this. That is the deal with the Philistine rulers. Right? Let me give you another story. This is uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 5. Anybody know? Okay, the name is already there. Okay, so let's read it out. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts how many 750 pounds of silver 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing right who is he going to meet elijah elisha are you sure is it elisha or elijah are you sure it's second Kings chapter 5 are you sure it is elisha yes and, and, and he's going to meet. Why? Because some young kid told him that, hey, if you go to this prophet, he can heal you. So he's like, man, he can heal me? That's amazing. Let me, you know, give him money in return of this healing. You know, when he heals me, when he blesses me, I'm going to, you know, give this to him in return of the healing that he gives me. In return of the wholeness that I receive from him. Right? In the next verse, it says, yeah, 10 verses later, you know, after he's healed and whole, Naaman said, Now that I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, okay, that was his realization after being healed. He says, So please accept a gift 
from your servant and it's not a gift you read 750 pounds of silver and no so much of gold and clothing 10 sets of clothing all of this like man this is a lot of money right and and and, and you see Delilah got pieces of silver this guy is weighing it out in pounds and giving it off right and 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 he's like I'm going to give you all of this why because I've been blessed by your ministry and all of that and I've been healed and I know that there is no God but your God so I want to give you all of this right now what would you and I do let's stop we know the story of what Elisha did but what do you would you and I do pastor you came at just the right time we we had so much of need in our church right now we had so much of need in our house right now this is God sent you know, I am going to celebrate this and I'm going to take this and, and oh, I have 10, you know, prophetic children who don't have clothes to wear, the 10 sets of clothing, we can build a house and all of that. Like, you know, you, you'll, you'll immediately jump into using. But, but Elisha was not a man of the flesh. He was not a natural man. He was in the, he was moving in the spirit. And in the spirit, there were several principles that got violated. One, there was no honor when he came to see Elisha. There was absolutely no honor. The moment the prophet said that you are not going to meet me and you know, you're, I'm not going to wave any hands on you, I'm not going to lay hands on you, the man got offended. There was absolutely no honor. This guy is not giving the money because he honors prophet Elisha. He's giving the money because he got healed. You understand? See, there is two kinds of giving. There is a giving... We're going to talk about this. There's somebody else who gave to Elisha. Uh, I'm, I'm going like three, four sermons ahead of time. You know the Shunammite woman? Why did she give? Because she got a son? Nothing. She just honored this prophet. And as a result of it, did she get a son? Yes. But she just honored the prophet. And here is a man, Naaman. Naaman. Man called Naaman. And, and the Bible says he came to buy the healing from the prophet and he says uh, he was about to go back to Damascus okay when the prophet said I'm not gonna meet you he had lost his respects for Elisha he had lost his uh, expectation but thank God for some you know wise guy in his team he said just go take a bath and come what will you lose if you don't get healed, we'll go and clean you out in the Damascus River. Don't worry. I know this Israelites, they don't keep their river clean. But we'll clean it out once we go. To. And he's, for that sake, this guy went and took a bath and this guy got healed. And immediately he was filled with awe. And his giving was motivated by his blessing. Now I'm not saying that is wrong all the time. But his, his giving was not necessarily out of honor. And the prophet said, no, it's okay. Thank you. This guy, in, in fact, the next verse, give me the next verse. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will, come on loudly, I will not accept any gifts. And what did Naaman do? Okay, no problem. He went home? No. The Bible says, and Naaman urged him to take the gift. Okay. Elisha straight out refuse have you seen those times i've done that myself so i'm guilty of this when you know somebody will give money is, oh i didn't want it oh, no 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 you should not give in your heart you're saying please please push <laughs> please push three more times he pushes i will take <laughs> but elisha he's not doing that you know he's not he's not refusing just to look humble why is he refusing? He is a man of the spirit. He understands the principle of the spirit. He, no amount of urging, no amount of convincing, no amount of coaxing and coercing is going to cause Elisha to receive this gift. All his servants were shocked. You know what happened as a result of this, right? Even the next verse. It says, you know, after, okay, I've, I've skipped the story there. You know, he had an assistant pastor. His name was Gehazi. And Gehaz is like, you know, our senior pastor is not very sensitive to the account problem. He only has to create this vision and go organize conferences, do meetings. He has no clue of how to run a church, you know. 
I know how to run a church. It's okay. Pastor, just, you just handle prayer and ministry and all. I will go take care of this business and come. You don't have to get your hands dirty. I will take care of it for you. Right? And he went and he spoke to Naaman and said, uh, my prophet just changed his mind. He's asking if he can. He actually lied. He manipulated and he, you know, got the... Got, got it from God got some of some gifts okay not everything but he received some gifts that Elisha had said not to take and then when he came back Elisha said it like this he said I didn't add that verse here the, it's the same verse the previous part he says did you not know that when you when you went there my spirit went with you that my spirit was standing next to you when you received money from this man you thought you could fool me he says, this is the question that Elisha asked Gezi. Is this, come on, read it with me. Is this the time to, come on, loudly. Is this the time to, one, once again. Is this the time to receive. In other words, he, he was in this season. Elisha was in this season where he knew that it's not yet my season of receiving. It's my season for giving. This is not my season to ask this is my season to bless, to give. This is not the time to receive money or clothing or olive groves or vineyard or sheep or cattle or male or female servants. You know why? Another reason was that, the, that Naaman's boss and Elisha's king were at war, at war with each other. Okay? And when Naaman came, the king of Israel actually went berserk. He's like, man... The king of Syria is looking for a way to fight me. He's just looking for an opportunity to, you know, come at war against me. And that is why he's, he's cooking up these things to try to help these. And, and he said, and because Elisha was a man of the spirit, he said, no, I cannot receive from this guy. Right now is not the time to receive. This is not the season for me to take. Also because of the way that he brought, the, the heart that he brought with. And, and he said, there are some, the, if it was anybody else, I would receive from them. You know, see, this is what I find very interesting. These prophets had no shame in receiving money from a widow. Come on. What would you and I naturally do? We would say, if a widow gives, we are like, man, no, 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 no. I will give you money, no. If a rich man gives, yeah, yeah, give, give. Right? Come on. Isn't that our natural way of receiving money if somebody who is poor and cannot afford to give you that hundred rupees and still gives you the hundred rupees you'll be like no but these prophets they had no shame in receiving money from a poor person because they knew the heart that came behind those giving but when it came to Naaman with the arrogance and with the lack of honor and with the kind of uh, uh, pride that this man came with the prophet said no no matter how much you try to give me I will not take and the Bible says, the next verse, he told, he told uh, Gehazi, Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy for... See, wait a minute. Why does he say Naaman's leprosy? Why does he say Naaman's leprosy? is just leprosy, no? Leprosy doesn't have his leprosy. Like cancer, for example. You know, you don't have, you know... Uh, this guy's cancer and that girl's cancer. There is no, you know, cancer is, doesn't have any, you know, title to it. You know, like, come on, you understand what I'm saying, right? There is, cancer is cancer. Anybody has cancer, it's cancer, right? He didn't say that you will also have leprosy. He said, no, no, no. What you caught is the spirit that Naaman carried. Now you caught it. The spirit that was upon him is now upon you. So that spirit brought manifested leprosy in him. Now that spirit is going to manifest leprosy in you. Because what you did by receiving money from this guy you should not have received from is that you received the spirit of infirmity that he carried. That is why men of God, women of God, you have to be very careful who you receive money from and who you don't receive money from. Come on. That is why, children of God, let me tell you, you're giving the way you give, the spirit that you carry when you give 
is very necessary for your giving to become acceptable to God. The heart that you carry, the motive that you bring to the table, that is very, very necessary. Come on. I pray that we get this. I pray, I pray, I pray that we get this. We will not give for the sake of giving. Abel and Cain. Cain gave with a very arrogant heart. But Abel, he gave because he loved God. And God enjoyed Abel's giving. And God did not enjoy Cain's giving. What is the heart that we carry when we come to give to God? Do we give out of arrogance? Do we give out of pride? Do we give out of, I know how I can turn this thing around? No. Or do we give out of, man, I love my Jesus. And I, I don't care if he blesses me or not. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give. I'm, I don't want anything in return. I have no expectations to get back from the man of God. Even if I get healed or don't get healed, I will still give. Even if I get blessed or don't get blessed, I will still give. Even if he waves his hand on me or kicks me on my butt, I will still give. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm, I, for me, loyalty is a bigger value system. I'm, I'm more interested in being loyal to my, the, my Lord than I'm interested in receiving from my Lord. I'm, uh, because it is more blessed to... Come on. It is more blessed to... Give than to... Receive. Amen. I'll tell you one more, two more stories. Is that okay? You have time for 10 more minutes? We can push? Okay, let's go into the book of Genesis, chapter 14 and verse 21. The king of Sodom said to Abram, okay, what did the king say? This is the king saying, okay? He says, give back my people who were captured, but you may keep for yourself all the goods that you have recovered. I'll give you the context of this story, which we're going to come to in a couple of weeks is this is the first time in the Bible somebody gave tithe. First time in the Bible that somebody gave a tithe. Abram, even before the law commanded it, even before it was expected of Israelites to give tithe, Abram gave tithe. Right after that, a king comes and he says, man, all that you, you know, all that is technically mine, all the goods that you helped me recover, it's yours. I want to bless you with this. That's your wages. Keep it for your entire life. What would you say? Pastor, I, I gave tithes to Melchizedek. There was this prophet. I didn't know anything about him. The prophet came, Melchizedek. I gave my tithe. And the next moment, the king came and... Come on. And? Bless me. Will it become our testimony or not? Yeah. But Abraham again was a man of the spirit. Okay, he, 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 he said this, he said the next verse, he says, I will not take so much as a single thread or a sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you may say that I am the one who made you rich. Come on, Abraham was looking at, you know, him in the spirit. He's looking at this king of Sodom like 50 years later. You know, five generations later, he's saying, if I'm going to receive money from this guy, this guy is going to turn around and say, I made you wealthy. You have all that you have because of me. And I'm telling you, that is, that is what some, that is the reason why some people give. You know, we give, sometimes we give to have a stakeholding. I gave him so I can call the shots of what, what business he invites, invest in. See, that's how we do business, right? See, when you invest into a business, you have a right to make decisions in that business. But when you give to God, you don't have the right to call the shots. You lose the right the moment it goes off your hand. The moment you say bye to it, you're, you, no benefits, no returns. I'm not expecting anything in return. You don't have to give me credit for this. You don't have to call out my name. You don't have to welcome me. You don't have to give me a special seat. You don't have to give me any credit for how much I gave to you. That's the kind of giving that God expects us to give to Him. That's the kind of radical giving that God is calling us for. Come on church. Come on church. Are you receiving something this morning? I'm sorry that I'm, I'm just going on the negatives in the, in, the, in the first two weeks. It's very necessary for us to set this 
you know framework before we go into the construction okay before we go into the building one last story you can take one last story this is in the new testament the book of acts chapter 9 let's read it together when simon now let me give you the background of simon he is a black magician okay he makes money out of doing all these magic tricks right and uh, he saw that when these apostles came and it says when he saw that the spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people these apostles just had to come and lay hands on people and he saw that these guys are being filled in the holy spirit and he offered what did he offer what did he offer money for what see he could have said man this is this is crazy power i want to sow into your life man of god i want to walk with you i want to sell everything that i have and i will give it to you and i want to follow you and i want to learn how you are so anointed i want to learn what is it that takes for you to receive from god that would have been a right kind of giving but this guy said wait a minute this is this is good stuff let me buy this you see this is the same thing that you would see all the way from the first story they they tried buying a word from god or they they tried buying delilah's loyalty or or they tried buying uh, abraham's reputation or or they 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 tried buying elisha's blessing and elisha's healing with his money and then the same thing you see here and he's saying hey i'm going to i'm going to buy this power with money and it's worse and peter replied thankfully it was peter not one of those uh, you know those uh, diplomatic pastors peter was a very blunt pastor okay he was like on the face and he and he replied may your money be destroyed with you thinking for thinking that god's gift can be come on if you are giving to god or if you are going to give to god today so that you can buy something from god i'm sorry your money will be destroyed with you that's what the bible says the day that your heart goes into the wrong place the day that you're giving for the wrong reasons the day that you are you are serving god for the wrong reasons i'm i'm telling you it's better not to give it's better not to serve it is better to take a step back and and be a nobody than to become a blasphemer than to be somebody who is going to steal from god than to be somebody who is going to trade your free gifts don't you say that you can buy god's gift with your money it may work in a religious system even in the church even in in christianity we have a religious system that sells you know for money and i'm not talking about resources you know if we have a book we will sell that book but we can't we can't sell god's blessing for money the day that you come and say, i come and tell you give me 500 rupees so you can be blessed i'm telling you i lost it that day i can't sell god's blessing for money so we're going to talk a lot about how your money can invoke god's blessings over you okay later but before i go into it i have to tell you that the the wise verse is not true you cannot give so that uh, you cannot give to buy that blessing from god you cannot give you know to invoke to 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 receive some benefit back from god peter replied further he said you know what i'll tell you why first thing you your misunderstanding was that you thought that this gift can be bought the second thing that he said you cannot have any part in this why because your heart is not right with god he doesn't say that the money is not enough he doesn't say that you know hey uh, you need to come to the bible college for 3 years no, no he says no 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 your problem the problem you can receive this anointing but your heart is not right with god if your heart is not right with god refrain from giving It's okay. We want givers whose heart is right with God. If you, let, let me let me be very honest about it. If you're living in sin, I'm telling you you better first go set your life right before coming to give. If you're sleeping around, if you're getting involved in adulterous, immoral relationships, there's no point in your giving. You first go get your heart right with God. 
you first go, I'm not saying that, you know, we'll all be perfect before giving to God, but I'm saying if you're intentionally living an immoral lifestyle, if you're intentionally living in sin, then there is no point in our giving. Our giving is only a show. We are trying to buy God's forgiveness. We are trying to buy God's favor with our giving. It's better to not give than to give with a wrong heart. Come on. What does Peter say? Peter says, you think that you can buy God's gift? No. If your heart is not right with God, come on, it's okay. You, you'll have an opportunity to give next Sunday. This Sunday, avoid giving. This Sunday, you take your time out and you go set your heart right with God, come back. The next verse, she says, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps if he sees that your repentance is genuine, he will forgive your evil thoughts. And then he, you know, Peter was moving now in the prophetic. He was not moving in the natural realm. He is now beginning to prophesy. He's looking into his heart. He's doing an open heart surgery over Simon, right? And he says, but I can see the next verse. It says, for I can see that you're full of bitter jealousy and you're held captive by sin. Two things. One, your heart is not right with God. Three things, sorry. Counting mistake. Your heart is not right with God. Second, your heart is filled with bitter jealousy. And third, you are held captive to sin. Your hands are tied to sin. You are not a right candidate for giving. Ouch. Pastor, what are you teaching us this morning? I'm teaching you the right kind of giving requires for you to have the right kind of lifestyle. Requires for you to have the right kind of expectations from God. That you cannot give with the wrong kind of expectations from God. The Bible calls this nothing other than a bribe. You know what is a bribe? Give me the verse. Exodus chapter 23 verse 8. It says, he's talking to the elders in the body of Israel. And he says, take no bribes. Why? For a bribe. Come on. What does a bribe do? A bribe makes you ignore something that you clearly see. See, Peter could see it very clearly into what is going on in Simon's heart because he did not take his money. The moment Peter would take his money, he cannot see into his heart. And he says, take no bribes for a bribe makes you ignore something that you can clearly see. A bribe makes even a righteous person twist the truth. And that's what we're trying to do with God. We're trying to give so much to God that God will forgive and forget and anoint and bless and show favor. God is saying, no, no, no. You first mend your ways. You first turn around. You get your heart right. You fix the jealousy issues. And then you come. And then you give. Then it doesn't matter about anything else. I'm, I'm going to bless you. It doesn't matter. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to enjoy this giving that you give to me. This giving will not be a stench in my nostrils. It will be a pleasing aroma to me. I will enjoy your giving. Come on church. Are you getting what I'm saying? Another verse, Ecclesiastes 7 verse 7, it says, Your bribe has the capacity to corrupt the heart. When you give a bribe, it can corrupt heart. The heart of your pastor, the heart of the person you're giving to. Or if you're the one receiving that bribe, then it can corrupt your heart. The book of Psalm 15 and verse 5, it says, Those who lend money without charging interest and the ones that cannot be bribed, to lie about the innocent such people will stand forever there are some people who you all you have to do is give them 10 extra rupees and they will say anything you want them to say you know you put them on your payroll and they will support you for the rest of their life no we don't want those kind of people in the church you don't want to give so that they will support you any stories that you remember in the bible where somebody got bribed to speak a lie any, any stories? Somebody paid money so somebody will not speak the truth. Sorry? Any story in the Bible that you can remember? Jezebel, Jezebel, uh, some elders to speak, uh, 
Jezebel sent somebody to send, speak lies, but I don't know if, he, if she paid anything. She just wrote a letter. I don't think she paid anything. I, at least it's not recorded in the Bible. Anybody else? Yes? Judas, did he lie? I don't think he lied. He just, he just did an exchange. He's like, give me $30, take Jesus. It's horrible. Yes. Wow, that's true. I, I had not thought about that. That's, that's true. One more, very close, very close. We are very close to that. When Jesus rose again, there were witnesses who actually saw this happen. Who are these? God. Do you know that we have living witnesses to Jesus' resurrection? Forget about, you know, all these other guys who saw him after he rose again. There were people who literally saw Jesus come out of the grave. Come on. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the blessing of being posted on an all-night duty outside Jesus' tomb? But guess what? Money bought that out. That money that they received from the high priest killed the value of the truth. Can you imagine how big an evangelist this team would have been? If all of them would have said, no, we are not taking the money. The truth is more important for us than the money. We're going to be preachers about the resurrection and the life of Jesus for the rest of our life. Man, the apostles would have been out of business. These guys would have been the main apostles going forward, right? But money, money bought them out. The Bible says those who cannot be bought with money, they will stand firm forever. Somebody who gives more money cannot buy them out. Come on, church. Put the quote on the screen. Read it with me. One, two, three, go. Giving with expectations of benefits stoops it down to nothing more than a bribe. So anytime we give to God, we give to a man of God, we give to people, expecting something in return, what are we doing? We are technically bribing them. We are technically giving a bribe. We are not giving. We are not blessing. We are not, you know, Sowing, no, you are bribing them. So every time you give to God, to people, to men of God, ask this question, am I giving with an expectation? Or am I giving because I love, because I'm loyal, because I honor, because this is what I want to do. Because you bless me or not, I'm still going to give you. Jesus taught this in Luke chapter 14. We'll finish with this. Then he turned to his host and said, read it with me, one, two, three, go. Then he turned to his host, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, loudly, relatives and rich neighbors, louder, for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward. Verse 13 and 14, instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Hmm. Jesus said, hey, let this be your kind of giving. Let your giving be a giving to people, to circumstances that, you know, you know that you can, they can't repay you. They can't repay you. They can't repay you. It's, you're not giving with an expectation of receiving a benefit. Our giving has to be a giving without benefits. Somebody said an amen. amen. Come on, all eyes closed. Father, today I pray that you would refine our giving. Refine our giving, Daddy. Refine our giving. Every giving that we do with the wrong motive, Every giving that we do for the wrong reason. We just lay it down, Lord. We just lay it down, Lord Jesus. This morning, Lord, before we give, we want to surrender our hearts to you. 
this morning before we give we want to inspect and introspect ourselves to see if there is any area of sin in our life any jealousy any captivity any any wrong heartedness towards you we want to check all of these areas of our life before we give daddy we are not giving so that we can receive a healing in return we are not giving because we want a power in return because we want a blessing in return we are not giving so that we will we will get a stake holding opportunity of saying that i i have a say in abraham's becoming rich no 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 that's not why i'm giving today i'm giving because i love jesus i'm giving because it is more blessed to give than to receive i'm giving because i want to realign the desires of my heart i'm giving because this is my expression of joy this is the expression of my joy father i pray that today you would discourage us from doing the wrong kind of giving lord you would discourage us every person in this house that is here with an offering that is here with their tithes that is here with their 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 giving unto the lord i pray that you would refine the our giving this morning that before we give to jesus that we will we will prepare our hearts we know that giving to you is not a responsibility it is a privilege that giving to you is an honor and we want to give because we value our giving to you daddy we want to give because we really really want to honor you daddy that is why we want to give you nothing else would nothing else there's nothing else nothing else will do i just want you nothing else that's why i give nothing else nothing else will do i just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want you once again come on nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do lord i just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do i just want you i just want you lord Lord we are going to give our tithes and our offerings to you this morning but before we give to you our finances we want to give you our heart before we give you our resources we want to give you our life daddy before we give you our money we want to give you all of our sinful tendencies before we give you our 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 finances lord we want to give you all of our jealousy and and wrong thinking and everything that fills us in the wrong direction we want to give all of that into your hands and we want to pray lord that you would free us you would give us the freedom that only jesus can give if there is anybody in this place all eyes closed if there is anybody in this place who is saying all eyes closed please all eyes closed there's anybody saying there are there are things in my life that i want to be free from there are addictions there are bondages there are there are struggles that i have in my life that i want to be free from i just want you to put your hands up in the air because we're going to pray for you any sinful tendencies it could be in your thoughts behaviors lifestyle whatever it be all eyes closed just keep your hands up father in the name of jesus 
we speak a victory and a breakthrough over these hands and these lives in the mighty name of Jesus we break the spirit of bondage we break the spirit of infirmity even before we give Lord we break every wrong kind of conversation every sin every attitude problem that we have in our life every change that we need in our life we break it right now we I as a man of God as a prophet over their life I speak and I break those tendencies in the mighty name of Jesus and I release your forgiveness which is a free gift from you yes we don't we cannot buy this forgiveness from you it's a free gift we buy we cannot buy this freedom because you paid it with your blood Lord so we release that freedom upon your children because your word says that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free and in the mighty name of Jesus we speak that freedom upon the hands and the lives and the hearts of your children in Jesus mighty name we pray and everybody said an amen come on thank you for tuning in we believe that you are blessed by the word we would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.